there. Allow me to line all this up. Philippians chapter 4. Are we there? And while you're going there, I want to give you a little bit, a little background, if it's okay. Jesus really wants each of us to understand, particularly as his followers, he wants us to understand what the Bible refers to as the mysteries of the kingdom. The kingdom of God is vastly different than the kingdom of this world. In the kingdom of this world, the first are first, and the last are last. But in the kingdom of God, somehow the last are made first, and the first are made last. In the kingdom of this world, if you're going to be successful in life, if you're going to make it, if you're going to do it, if you're going to be, if you're going to have a, an abundance, whatever it is in the kingdom of this world, then you must earn it. Ain't nobody going to give it to you. You got to get out there, grind, and earn it for yourself. But in the kingdom of God, grace somehow allows us to have what we could not otherwise earn. There's some people that are experiencing an abundant life, an abundant season that they're going through right now, and it's not because of their college education, it's not because your degree, it's not because of who you know, but it is because grace has brought you there. And you're being sustained because grace is keeping you. And it will do us good to understand when God's grace is on our side. So the tension and the disparity for us is we try to embrace God's kingdom while yet living in the context of this current world that we are in. In order for Jesus to get his disciples to understand the mysteries of the kingdom, he would speak to them in parables. He would tell them about the parable of the sower and how a sower, a certain man went out into a field and this certain man had good seed and he would go into the field to sow his good seed. He would tell them that as a result of his efforts, his sowing would yield four different results. And the four different results was in direct proportion to the four different soils that he had to work with. Of course, the field would be symbolic of the world and the soils would be symbolic of the person's heart on which the seed is sown. And he would let them know that that would be as the word is sown, some seed would be stony or rocky ground. Some hearts would receive the word and it would be shadow. Some would receive the word and, 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 and they would take and grab hold of it really quick, but the word would never have an opportunity to dig down and take root in their life. And then others that would be what he would refer to as good soil. And those would be the ones that would receive the word 
and they would go forth and they would bring forth 30, 60, 100 fold. He would let them know that immediately if the word and when the word is sown, if no one understand it or if a person fails to understand it, then immediately the enemy will come to snatch and to take away that which was sown. That's why it's important that when you go into the house of the Lord, that you understand and you make sure that you understand what is being said because Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are life and are spirit. And Satan knows that the word is alive, it's active, sharper than any two-edged sword. So when that word goes into your heart and when you receive it, you will bring forth a fruit that is pleasing to your heavenly father. And understand that the one thing, Satan doesn't want you to do that. So if you don't understand, he comes and quickly snatches away what has been sown into your hearts. The disciples, upon hearing the parable of the sower, they said, we don't understand. And Jesus would say to them, he says, listen, if you fail to understand this parable, how is it that I can get you to understand the mysteries of the kingdom? Because every other parable that I would speak to you, that he would speak to them would, and would be hinged or predicated upon them understanding the parable of the sower. He also wanted them to know that, that hearing and doing were both synonymous with faith. So he would say to them, don't just be a mere listener of the word and deceive yourself, but blessed of them that do. And then he would come back and support that statement when he, or, or, or further validate that statement when he says, any person who has my commands and keep them, this is the person that loves me. And then he would validate it even further when he would tell them, he says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. And so we live in a time where when people, you know, there's a heightened, uh, there's a heightened attitude about receiving the word. I just want to receive the word. I just want to get, get the word. No, your father, you have a priestly responsibility. It's not just about getting the word, but it's also about giving him praise. So you come into the house of the Lord, you offer the sacrifice of praise with the fruit of your lip, and then you receive from on high. And see, that's why you can't neglect the worship. It's part of the service. That's important in order for you to receive. And see, as it is, you know, you hear people all the time, I just got to get the word. Jesus said, look, don't deceive yourself. You can get it. But if you're not obeying it, woe be unto you. So the, the premise is on all of us, not just getting the word, but that we would keep his command. And that's how we demonstrate our love. He knew that he had to go back to his father. He knew that he had a short period of time left in which he had to get his disciples to understand the mysteries of the kingdom. He knew that when he ascended back to his father, that the disciples were going to undergo hardship, persecution, suffering, trials, affliction, 
and all of the things that they would go through would cause them to worry. And that's what I want to hinge Philippians chapter 4, verse 5 on. Because not only did he know that it would cause them to worry, but he knew that every person that put their trust and their faith in Jesus Christ, apart from his absence while he was not here, things would overtake our life that will cause us to worry. And when you worry, when you have things that you, that, that is just plaguing you so hard that you can't even sleep, when you're worried to the point to where it is bringing other physical ailments up on your body, when you're worried to the point to where it's bringing, causing stress in your life, when it's, when it's causing you to be dysfunctional, when you're worried to the point that you can't even be effective in your home, you can't be effective on your job, your relationships are suffering because you're worried. Jesus understood that. And so he would say to them, look, I got to go. I'm going back to my father, but I'm not going to leave you as orphans. But if, unless I go, I will send another, the comforter. And he, the Holy Spirit, will be everything to you that I have been to you while I've been here in your presence. So I ask the question, what is it that we're worried about? What is it that have us losing sleep? What is it that we're so worried about that it's interfering with our blood pressure? And we're taking antidepressants to somehow deal with the worries and the issues of life. And Job said it best, he says, man born of a woman is but a few days and full of trouble. So it lets me know that we're going to have worries, struggles, trials, tribulations in this life, but how do you deal with them? What do you turn to? Who do you turn to in order to deal with the worries and the issues of life when they overtake you? Because they're going to overtake you. But as believers, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual for the pulling down of strongholds. So what's got you plagued? What's got you worried? And I want to ask again, what are you turning to or who are you turning to? Because the reality is all of us turn to something when we're worried. And I can be worried so hard about some stuff, y'all, till it just... And, and, and when you get to that point, it comes out in other ways. I may be a little short, and I could be a little short with my family, because really, in, I, in, I, in all actuality, in all honesty, honesty, there's something that I cannot let go. And we got that little song that we sing, oh, what needless pains we often bear, all because we do not take it to the Lord in prayer. So I want to give you God's antidote for worry. And that's what Philippians chapter 4 reveals to us. Look, if you will, at verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. How often? S some of the time. Some of the time. Always rejoice in the Lord. Always. I will say it again. Rejoice. 
Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is far. The Lord is where? The Lord is, he's far away. He, he's in the heavens where I can't reach him. No, he's right here. The Lord is near. Let's keep reading. Verse six, don't what? Or don't worry, another translation. Don't be anxious, don't worry about anything, but in some things. No, 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 some things. In everything through prayer and petition with, 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 a, with, a, with, a, with a, with a cast down heart. With, with, with the weight of the world is just on my shoulder. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then watch what happens, verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses every thought, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is God's antidote for worry. You, in every situation that you face with, in every situation that overtake you, that comes into your life to steal your joy, to steal your peace, to steal your security in Christ, whatever it is, you make your request known. And then guess what? You do it with thanksgiving in your heart. See, I struggle when people come in the church and they act as if they're the only ones going through struggles. They act as if they're the only ones ha ha have it difficult. No, when people come through that door and they have a smile on their face, it's a sacrifice for them to do that. All of us, the scripture says, for, for, for what we go through or the struggles and trials in life are common unto man. All of us got problems and issues that we have to manage in Christ. And so, you know, don't, don't, don't expect no special treatment because you're going through a trial. Yes, we're all going through a trial, but we can be encouraged and we can learn and we can draw from one another. But you know, some folks just, you know, they just, they just want hog it all up for themselves as if nobody else is going through struggle. I'm gonna illustrate this with this, this way. When you go to the grocery store, I mean, not the grocery store, when you go to Walmart and you buy a product and I'm getting ready to close, you go to Walmart and you buy a product and you know how it is when we Christmas shop and we do our thing on Christmas and sometimes we go and get the kids, you know, we get the toys. And, and sometimes, you know, when you, when you, when you buy electronics, y'all, and I talk to me, y'all know, when you buy electronics, what else you gotta make sure you have? You gotta make sure you have the batteries. And we, you know, because we'll get up on Christmas Day, the kid got the little remote control, but can't even operate because we ain't get no battery. You got to wait till tomorrow. Right? I don't feel like going out there today. <laughs> and then every now and then you buy electronic and the manufacturer will say, batteries included. And they want you to know that, look, you ain't got to stop on the front aisle to go and get no batteries. We want you to just enjoy this product because the batteries are included. Here's what I want to get you to understand about blessings. Because we, there, there's nothing wrong with our gifts. Our gifts is good, and we thank God for our gifts. Our talents is good. We thank God for our talents. The promotion is good. We thank God for the promotion. The abundance is good. We thank God for the abundance. But what happens when sometimes the worry comes through the very things that God blessed us with? 
What happens when, when the sleepless night become, comes into your life because of the money you got? What happens when the worry comes because of the promotion? Now don't nobody like me. Now I'm going to lunch by myself. <laughs> now I got to go to lunch by myself. Now y'all say I'm acting differently. Now you say I've changed. And I'm like, Lord, you gave me this gift. You blessed me with it. Why am I dealing with all of the struggle and the worry? Joseph went through the same thing. It was his gift that landed him in prison for 13 years. Can you serve a 13-year sentence because of your gift? So what happens when the worry come in our life because of the new house, because of the new car? And we thank God for those things, but we didn't bargain for the worry. And I wanted to illustrate that by saying, if we could purchase our blessings, you would go in the store to purchase your, your blessing. Go on aisle seven and purchase your breakthrough. Go on aisle nine and purchase your abundance. I believe it will be on the, I believe what, what, what the words will be on the front of the package, troubles included. Worries included. Hardship included. But what I love about the Lord, he ain't gonna leave us there. You know, when you buy a product and they say, if you have issues with this product, call this, this line, this number right here, and we have something called tech support to get you through whatever issue that you're having. When, when, when God gives you something, he, yes, he knows that struggle, trouble, hardship is attached to it, but when you have one of these issues, bring it to me in prayer with thanksgiving. Make your requests known, and then my peace, which surpasses all understanding, will overtake you. That's how you deal with it. That is your antidote for worry. And we've come in this morning, and who knows what the worry has been, what the struggle has been, what the challenge has been. I don't know how I'm going to get my my. my child through school. I don't know how I'm get through this month. I don't know what I'm going to eat today. I don't know. It's hard. I got very little. And, and, and I'm looking at the, the month and I need so much more. I don't know how I'm going to make it. See, these are real issues, y'all, that we're dealing with. And it robs us of our joy. It robs us of our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Because here's the problem. When we fall short, the first person we put on trial is God. But whatever it is that you're going through, your antidote for worry is to carry that thing to the Lord in prayer. Amen? Amen. And then here's what he said. When you do that, my peace and the 
peace that I give is not like the world peace. See, I've, I've, I've learned, you know, y'all know, I've been out there in them streets. And I thought everything that they told me would give me peace didn't give me numbered issues. Everything that they told me that this is what life is all about. It didn't give me nothing but issues. And let me tell you something. You give your life to Christ, and when he give you that peace, you can have little, but you can be so content. You, 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 you can have one bedroom, but boy, you'll, you'll fix that thing up and have it looking like the penthouse one. <laughs> I'm good. Because he shows us and he brings and he gives us a peace that surpasses all understanding. No matter what you're going through. That's deep. That's rich. I've been in the hospital and I've witnessed people about to depart and go and be with their heavenly father. And at that very moment, I'm in there crying, wailing, touch Lord, heal father, give them back to us. And they're laying there about to depart with nothing but the peace of the Lord all over them. Get what I'm saying? Only God can do that. That's your antidote for worry. Yeah, we're going to have worries. And that's normal. We got our families. We got our children. We have our spouses. We have each other. And we're going we're gonna to have worry. But, the, but, 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 the, but, but the, the issue is, how do we deal with it as a church? And what do we turn to? I don't want the what, I want the who. I want us to know to turn to our Lord in prayer. Amen? Because you'll be surprised at the number of people that have turned to other stuff when they're worried. Amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Let us give the Lord a praise offering. And if you're here today and you this message touched your heart. And if you stand in the need of prayer, if you want to give your life to the Lord, if you want to get to know him, then by all means, you could do so on this morning. And the praise team is going to bless us with a song. But while the praise team is blessing us with a song, hearten not your hearts. The Lord said, the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. If you open up, he said, I'll come in and I'll sup with you. And the problem is, let me, let me help you out. You don't have to get anything right. You don't have to make anything right. You don't have to work on yourself. You don't have to try to fix yourself because you cannot. Amen. Jesus already done it. All you got to do is accept him. Yes. And when you accept him, then you go forth in the newness of life. And let me say this. It's going to be a challenge because now we have to learn to walk in our new relationship with the Lord.
And that's an ongoing process for the rest of our lives. We're never there. We're always pressing toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. If somebody act like they there, walk away from them. Because they lying. We all press him. But our righteousness come from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, I love you. I thank you for bringing all things to remembrance that I could speak to your people in a way that would bless them. I thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard. I pray that as we, your people, go forth, that our hearts would be filled, that we would be blessed. Bless us now in season, out of season. Give us the capacity to be able to have an impact on your kingdom wherever you've planted us. Father, I pray for these, your people, that we would faint not in the time of temptation. And then when we worry, we would turn to you instead of other things. We will look to you. And the promise is when we make our requests known to you, your peace, your peace, you will grant to us. So we love you. We thank you. Now I ask that you would give your people the boldness, the courage, that if they want to give their life to you, give them the boldness to do so on this day. And then we're going to rejoice with them. We're going to celebrate with them as long as all of the heavenly hosts that will celebrate because one soul has come back to you. Give them the strength to do so. We love you, and we ask for the Holy Spirit to have his way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.